This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking City podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. I am your host today, Ash Barami, and I am always pleased to be joined by Tyrone Marshall. Good morning. And Stu Brennan. Hello there. How are we both doing? Both got the cups of tea. Oh, need need a cup of coffee on a Monday morning. Coffee yeah. number two on a Monday morning, so it's not been as bad as it could be, but yeah. it's uh, a yeah. on a Monday morning. Nice one, Stu. You okay? Yeah, yeah. Just squeezing this in between getting back from Crystal Palace and then heading off to Pep's press conference. Yeah, so. the game's come thick and fast at this point in the season. Yeah. And, um, there's only one place we can start, and that is Salas Park on the weekend. It was a 2-0 win over over Palace. And Stu, it probably wasn't as easy as it looked for City, was it? Despite the scoreline. I thought they were fairly comfortable, to be honest. I mean, we saw that team sheet, and your immediate thought is, we know Fernandinho and Rodri are both excellent footballers but neither of them are centre-backs and you kind of think Palace are usually tough especially on their own patch you know they're a difficult team to play Um, they have Benteke but he was on the bench but you know you kind of thought anyone with pace anyone with a bit of physicality is going to trouble Rodri and Fernandinho Pep gambled on the fact that they would give his team more control Uh, they would keep possession and win the game that way and I thought I thought they were reasonably comfortable. I mean, late on in the game when Palace started pumping it forward, they, they, they had a, they had a couple of chances, and Edison pulled off saves. Um, but you know that's what he's there for. You know, you're not going to get through a season without your goalkeeper making saves. And uh, I, I thought, apart from that late spell, that City were well worth the, the win. There was a few eyebrows raised, wasn't there, before the game when the lineups came out in those Rodri and Fernandinho at centre half, and probably. On, in reflection, it might have been comfortable, but before the game, when you're looking at that, you think Palace would probably have, you would have thought Palace would have caused a bit more problems than maybe they did, bearing in mind that. Yeah, that yeah, I mean, you've got, you got Zaha there who, who causes everybody problems. Uh, also wins free kicks around the box. Um, is I thought they, they would they would really play on that, try and, try and win set pieces, win corners, win free kicks, get the ball in the box. You've got the Tompkins there and they've got... Uh, the other big centre half whose name is escaping me for the second it'll come to me in a minute Kale yeah Kale is the other one so you know you've got you've got people and City are are bad at set pieces anyway or they have been this season Uh, and you kind of think if you take Otamendi out of that you take Stones out of that and Laporte out of that um, they've got a they've got an even bigger problem but Palace didn't really get the chance I mean what, the beauty of what City City do is that they, they defend from the front, especially with Gabriel Jesus. I think that's a big reason why Gabriel Jesus played. That and the fact that they've got a Champions League game soon after it. But Jesus is such a good defender from the front that he doesn't give anybody anybody time. And Palace just didn't get the time on the ball to to create anything further up the field. You know, they were just being restricted and penned in. City had control. They had seventy percent possession pretty much throughout the game. Probably, probably right at the end of the game, that might have swung a little bit. But um, you know, it's that, that that defensive effort that starts right from the front was uh, was key to winning the game. Yeah, and Ty for, for Edison, 
I mean, if it wasn't Ferguson, Palace would be fair to say that Palace probably would have at least had one goal in that game. I mean, mm. he looks. I mean, he is just he's phenomenal, isn't he? Every every single. I mean, the last three two three seasons he's been at City, he's been just been pulling has, out and saves out the bag. Yeah, I mean, he's been absolutely brilliant this season. It was the same at Everton. He made some huge saves at Everton with the game at one all, and that was. You know, that was a game that City were, were on the back footing for probably the first 25 minutes of that second half. And you, know, you were sat there at Goodison Park thinking they're, they're in a bit of trouble here. And Edison kept them in the game. He made some stunning saves. Uh, the save from Benteke on Saturday, I thought, was just absolutely brilliant to reach that header and, and tip it onto the bar. The one from Zaha, you would probably expect a keeper of Edison's quality to make as, as fiercely as it was hit. But the Benteke one was the crucial one. And that came at a point when there was you know enough time for for Palace to really sort of turn it up and, and try and get back in the game. And had they got joy from, from Benteke heading a corner and then I think we know it would have been, had it been 2-1 with, what was it, around 10 minutes to go or so at, at that point in the yeah. game? Would have been edgy, wouldn't it? Oh, it would have been edgy and it would have been an aerial bombardment, wouldn't it? So I think that was, an, that was a massive save and he, he's pulled a few off this season. Like I say, at Everton, he was, he was absolutely fantastic as well. We know how good he is with his feet and, and he's proven this season again how good he is with his hands as well. He, he was superb. Yeah, because we always hear about how good Allison is for Liverpool, but maybe Edison's probably just he might be below him in the pecking order for Brazil, but he is he is right up there, isn't he? With in terms of best goalkeepers, if not Europe in the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in terms of shot stopping, there's not a lot to choose between them. Um, I I think with with his feet, I think Edison's better. I mean, I was watching Allison yesterday against United. Um, I didn't think he didn't think his distribution was particularly great. I mean, United weren't putting a lot of pressure on; they weren't pressing high at all. Uh, but there's a couple of times where he, you know, he, he, he mishit passes. You don't really see that with Edison. You know, he puts balls in channels if, if he's not if he's not got an option to pass. Um, he just he just seems to get it right ninety percent of the time. I mean, they're, they're both terrific keepers. I mean, it, it's, it's bizarre that Brazil for me have probably got two of the top three or four goalkeepers in the world right now. Um, and having to choose between them is, is tough for the for the coach. Um, I'm a, obviously, I see a lot more of Edison and I don't see many flaws with him. Um, so perhaps that, that, that introduces a little bit of bias. But I mean, I, I would take Edison above Alisson at the moment. Yeah. Maybe if we get to see him play outfield. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping maybe one day, <laughs> maybe not under Pep, Pep being manager, but if he is still there, maybe one day we'll see him outfield. And, he's, you know, I mean, he's so. certainly got the, the passing range. Like Stu says, he's he's brilliant with his feet and, and so calm with his feet. But it's what he offers with that. A huge part of City's threat is the fact that he can boom it 80, 90 yards downfield as well. It, it really stretches the pitch for City because defenders know they can't just... They can't press the halfway line and, and leave Jesus or Aguero behind them because Federson decides not to knock it short. His, his left foot's like a traction engine. The ball just flies through the air. He can clear it pretty much the opposition penalty area. So that, that ability to, to stretch the pitch is a huge weapon for City in, in making the pitch bigger and giving them more room to play as well. Yeah, we've been talking about that for the last two seasons, uh, quite rightly, because it's been phenomenal. Some of the things he's done have just been... Uh, you just make your jaw drop uh, and make you laugh out loud, you know, mm. moving up into midfield and, and playing triangles with his midfielders and stuff like that. Um, but we have tended to forget that he's a he's a damn good goalkeeper as well, you know, beyond that. And I think, as I said, Everton and yesterday, yesterday at Palace were were, um, were a sharp reminder that he's, he's pretty good with his hands as well. Yeah, another player I want to get on to is his Brazilian teammate, Gabriel Jesus. Um Stu, we've seen Gabriel Jesus in previous seasons have that spell in the team where it looks like he's becoming the main man for City then. 
Gabriel Jesus will will sorry Aguero will then become first choice again. Do you start do you see in signs maybe that this season could be different and he is maybe there is that switch happening and Jesus could be potentially the first first man on that team sheet or is it just Pep maybe trying to keep Aguero on his toes? I, I think the, the two have, have pushed each other. I mean Jesus came in and got into the team and Aguero's nose was put out of joint. And Pep made it absolutely plain to him, you know, if you want to get your place back, you're going to have to play the way I tell you to play, not the way you've been playing here for the last five years. Um, and Aguero took that on board, improved his game immensely. You know, he's so much a better player outside the box now and linking play up and his work rate's better. Um, and of course, he got he then gets his place back because he's, you know, he, on top of all that, he's one of the best finishers out there, if not the best finisher out there. Um, but we've seen the opposite now. We've seen, we've seen Jesus having to react to that. He, he had a, a season last season where he was frustrated because he couldn't get many games. I mean, he accepts it. He, we've seen the interviews recently where he said, you know, I, I know that I've, I've got Sergio Aguero ahead of me, who's, who's a legend here and, and he's a great player. Um, but, you know, he still wants to play, obviously. Uh, and he t- he t- he's talked this season about how he's improved. You know, he's improved it on his left foot, and he, he nearly scored with his left foot at Palace. You know, he had a great shot cutting in from the right, and and it was heading for the far corner. And Hennessy pulled off a good save. Um, so he's, he's worked hard at finishing with his left foot. He scored a couple of goals with his left foot this season. He's worked hard on his heading, and he's again he's you know he's he, he scored a couple of headers. Although what that one came off his shoulder <laughs> at Selhurst. Um, so we've seen we've seen the opposite effect now. Aguero's brilliance and Aguero's dominance of that position is now forcing Jesus to up his game. Um, you just can't see it anytime soon, though, because Aguero is just so good. You know, um, there's, there's no signs of him of him slackening off. Um, and I, don't, I would expect Aguero to back in for the Champions League game this week. Yeah, tight. I think. I always look. I look at Gabriel Jesus, and I think it, it almost seems too obvious that he will be the main man for City after Sergio Aguero when he when he does leave. So I always think that maybe City, when Aguero does eventually go, that they will go out and get another strike, and Gabriel Jesus might be in the same spot. Do you? I mean, do you share similar thoughts to that, or do you think Jesus is maybe doing enough now to earn Pep's trust and become that that main main man? Yeah, I think he probably is now. I think there was probably a spell leading up to last Christmas maybe when it just wasn't it wasn't really happening for him and, and you got the sense that he was falling quite a long way behind Guerrero in the pecking order now I think there's very little to choose between them and, and Pepper said that this season that Saturday was the seventh start in a row where Jesus has scored I mean as a backup striker you can't really do much more than that than scoring every time you start I read as well that he's got 26 goals in the calendar year as well. Mm. Yeah, well, he scores. I mean, he did fill his boots against Rotherham and Burton in those those thrashings. But his his goals this season, five starts this season, he scored in every one, scored in the cup final, scored in the cup semi-final. So that's seven in a row where he scored. As a backup striker, you can't do more than that. And if you are doing that, if you're scoring every time you're starting, you're going to expect to be playing. So I think we're going to see a lot more of this rotation between between the two like I say I think this time last year it was probably pretty clear that Aguero was the go-to man in, in most games now I think Pep would have no issues I mean, if it was Liverpool I mean Liverpool's coming up I don't think Pep would have any qualms about starting Jesus over Aguero there if he you know if he felt that was needed or if he felt Aguero was better suited to a game in, in midweek or, or something like that I, and I'm sure I think it's Champions League games the week after that or the week before I can't remember now 
But either way, I'm sure Jesus will start and Aguero will start in that league game. But I don't think there's much in it at the moment. I mean, he's right that Aguero was a legend, but you know, Jesus has, has really stepped his game up and he scores every time he starts. It feels like Aguero scores every time he starts at the moment. I think Stu's right. They are bringing the best out of each other. And I think if he continues like this, I think he'll be the man to step into Aguero's boots when he goes, definitely. It's an interesting stat. that I think there's only three strikers in Europe's top leagues that have scored more goals in 2019 than Gabriel Jesus. Well, fortunately for him, Sergio Aguero is one of them. <laughs> and that, that tells you what, you know, and that, I mean, that tells you City's strength really as well. Yeah. You know, they've got two strikers who you can rely on. I, I think the big thing that Jesus has got over Aguero is that d- defensively, and I think that's why he played at Palace. He, he eases the pressure off you, off your back four. He, you know, he means that any balls coming up aren't necessarily quality balls. You know, the, uh, and, and I thought I thought it worked perfectly. He works his socks off. Yeah, we'll get on to the Atlanta game and the Villa game in a second. And I was reading this morning some of Pep's comments, and he was saying how City are not ready to win the Champions League, and maybe they're not clinical enough. I mean. I don't know what, not to show you what he means by clinical, but I mean, there were 201 league goals in the last two seasons. Mm. Do you, do you get where he's coming from when he says that, Stu? Do you mean clinical in the sense of in previous seasons in the Champions League or just clinical in general? I think you, with Pep, I think you've got to take him with a pinch of salt. You know, he doesn't always say what he means. Mm. He, he takes the pressure off his players. Um, you know, he plays the expectations down. Um, they expect to reach the Champions League final, believe me. Um, I don't think they expect anything less this year. Um, although, having said that, you know, there have been games this season where they, they've needed to take chances and they haven't done. They probably should have scored more at Palace. But if you're winning games, it doesn't matter, does it? You know, as long as you're scoring more than the opposition. I guess what he's saying is that later in the competition, uh, you're not going to get nine or ten chances and score two of them. You're probably going to get three chances, and you have to score one of them, uh, and that, that's that's where there the may be a concern. A bit of luck that comes down to it, isn't it? In a sense, I mean, Guerrero missing that penalty at Spurs, for example, last season, it's just it's one of them things, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if, if you say missing the penalty is a bit of luck for me, it's just it's, it's bad. It, you know, a striker should should some somebody of his quality and experience shouldn't be missing a penalty in a game of that size. But uh, but yeah, there is. I mean, it's. It, that that was a, that was an odd game. That odd, odd two games against Tottenham, though. Um, I, I kind of think if you're playing a Juventus or somebody like that in the later stages, uh, you know, somebody will set out with a plan to frustrate City. We, we've seen lower lower Premier League teams set out to frustrate City and and, and do it. You know, Wolves did it. Um, so you kind of think if they can do it, someone like Juventus can certainly do it. You know, and and go have the quality at the other end to go up and win the game. And that, that's where City have got to perhaps be a bit more clinical when you get your chances or when you get half chances even, stick them away. Um, I mean, they've they, they scored more goals than anybody in the last two seasons, so it's not a, it's not a big issue. I mean, they broke the, the English goal-scoring record last season and you've got the manager saying they're not clinical enough. But I know what he means, that in certain games, they've missed chances that they really ought to be scoring. Do you think we'll get to see Aguero and Jesus in the same team? At all, maybe at all the season. Well, in bigger in bigger games, Pep's ruled it out, hasn't he? I mean, he pretty much said he's, he put he, he put the pair of them on together at Norwich. I mean, of course, Jesus can play wide, and I think that's. But there's so much competition out wide, even with Sane injured. Getting getting one of those wide positions is tough because that's where you know there are form players like Mares, Bernardo, um, and Sterling all all 
vying with each other. Um, but I, I still remember when, when he played three at the back with Mendy and Walker as wing backs, and he played um, Aguero and Jesus as a two. And City were absolutely awesome. You know, they would do scoring goals. They put five past Liverpool, they put four past Feyenoord, they put six past Watford, all in the space of a week. You know, they were, they were, they were quite, quite astonishing. So for him to say, yeah, two up front, again, but I think that's probably Pep being Pep and sort of ruling it out because then some at some point down the line, he'll spring it on somebody. Just when you least expect it, they'll set up with three at the back and, and, uh, and with the, the two of them in his team. So, you know, you, you always got to be careful with Pep. He's a, he's a master of intrigue. I think the one thing that perhaps counts against him doing that, I mean, he, he, like Stu says, he could play that system, play two up front. We've seen Jesus playing wide right a lot for Brazil now and Tisha's managed to find a way to get him and Firmino in the same team and linking up well. So there are ways to do it. I think the problem is if you start them both, you have no one to come off the bench and change a game or, or offer a different option. City only have those two strikers, really. There's... There isn't a third striker in that group. You're probably looking at someone like Sterling, maybe. But you're going to want him out wide. So I think I think it's probably something that Guardiola wants one of the two on the bench, ready to come on and, and change the game and, and mix it up a bit rather than starting with both. And then you haven't got a striker on the bench to to make a change with. And the, of course, the other the other problem we play, we're playing the two of them is that you have to lose somebody in midfield. Yeah. And that's yeah. City's powerhouse. You know, who do you, you drop from that midfield when the City are about, I mean, obviously they've got good players through the team, but for me, the strength, what makes them better than Liverpool in my book is that the midfield three, you know, especially in those, those positions where you've got De Bruyne, David Silva, or De Bruyne, Gundogan, De Bruyne, uh, even folding, you know, they, they've got so many options. Bernardo as well is, is another option that plays in there. For me, that is what sets City aside from the rest in the Premier League. Uh, and you, you have to start losing uh, one of those players if you play if you play that system. And I, I don't. Pep loves his midfielders, you know, as we saw by the fact he, he started playing them at centre back. Yeah, you mentioned in Liverpool there. I mean, they dropped two points yesterday at United, and the gap it's a six point gap nine games in. I mean. It's not as bad as it seems. I mean, you look you look at the goal. I mean, the one thing that surprised me, and there's a six-point gap, but the goal difference, City are six ahead. So it just goes to show that if I think if Liverpool maybe do get one or two injuries in key areas and City, City they're, they're going to struggle to maybe get the goals that they need. Yeah, I maintain that all along. I think Liverpool win the league if they keep everyone fit. If they have if they have injuries to keep... I know they've had injuries. I mean, they had the goalkeeper out for, for a long while. Um, you know, and the, they, they've, they've had... Bits here and there, but nothing compared to City. City have had Sane out for most, have Sane out for most of the season. They had De Bruyne out for half of last season. Uh, they've got Laporte out now. You know that's the equivalent of Liverpool losing Van Dijk. That'd be interesting to see how they cope with it. Um, they, I thought they missed Salah really badly. Um, I know he's he's not last season. He, he wasn't like the main man as he was the season before. But um, I think when you've got so many threats in that front three. You know, if it's not Salah doing it, it's Mane doing it, and you've got Firmino pulling the strings. Um, but I thought that they they really missed Salah at Old Trafford. Um, and it, if you start losing players like that, they're going to drop points. It, it's as simple as that. Um, City have got a better strength in depth. City are better equipped to deal with injuries to key players because, as Pep said, it's more of a system. It's it's more about a system than a. Uh, than about the individual players. But I think Liverpool are more reliant on, on three or four key players 
who, who I, th- I think you, you lose one of them, you've got a problem, as he did at Old Trafford. You lose two of them, you've got a big, big problem. Yeah, it's a long old season, isn't it, Ty? It is, yeah. And I mean, they've got to play each other yet. So six points could easily be, be nothing if City win both of those games. I think there's a lot more twists and turns to come. I'm not sure it's going to take 98 points to win the league this year. I think it might be a little lower. I mean, I think the concern with City is this habit they've kind of developed since last December of just throwing in these bizarre performances and losing to, you know, Newcastle, Leicester, Palace, Norwich, Norwich Wolves, just, you know, games that come from nowhere, really. You you think they're, they're in their straps, they're in a great run, and then all of a sudden something throws them off kilter and they're, they're losing to teams that you really wouldn't expect them to be to be losing to. You can you can understand one-off games, but to lose five of those since since last December, kind of hints at, at you know almost a habit. And you, there's there's no like I said, there's no pattern to them. There's no sense that you feel like it's it's coming. It just comes out of nowhere. So I think that's that would be the one concern on on City's point City's side. I mean I think they can reel in Liverpool six sure. points behind now easily, but you just don't want them to lose any more games that you know that they they should be they should be winning because for so long that was their strength swatting aside those bottom 14 if you will in the Premier League or the bottom 13 rather um, that, that was their strength just swatting them aside and battering them week in week out so if they can get back to, to that and kind of cut out these these off games then you know I think they'll reel in Liverpool but maybe Liverpool have gone back to their habit from last season of drawing with mid-table teams as they did at Old Trafford. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. Well, I did that. I did that game yesterday, and it, it was noticeable that you know she was talking before about City's midfield and City's playmakers are those two number eight. Liverpool. I think it's what makes it quite an interesting contrast between the two teams. Whereas Liverpool's midfield is just workmanlike, isn't it? There's no real genuine playmaking quality in there unless they bring someone off the bench their threat is the fullbacks their their fullbacks are basically their playmakers and it was noticeable yesterday that Charles Carr found a way to, to stop them by playing his two forwards wide threatening to get in behind them and it, it kind of stopped Liverpool's fullbacks going forward and it, it felt yesterday like if you stop Liverpool's fullbacks then you're kind of halfway to to stopping them especially with one of the front three injured so you, you wonder if that will give other teams ideas maybe to to try and stop Liverpool playing yeah we'll see Especially if Pep gets them players in the fridge like he uh, promised at the press conference last <laughs> yes. week. We'll, uh, we'll yes. see. But um, no, I mean, in the short term, Atlanta tomorrow night. Um, Stu, is this is this one of them games where maybe you're looking at a, a bit more, bit more? what's the word? A bit more, a few changes into the squad. You think maybe players like John Stones, I mean, he, he probably needs minutes under his belt after being injured. Oh. Opportunity to get maybe a fully fit centre-half in there. Pep said that, um, you know, when he was asked about John Stones not playing at Palace, he was on the bench. He said, you know, he's he's not, he's, he's good, just, he's been a long time out with injury and we've got a Champions League game in three days. So to me, that means that Stones is going to play. You know, it's a good way of getting him, getting him back in. Um, I think there's a danger here of sort of taking Atlanta lightly. Mm. Uh, I know that, all right, they got beat 4-0 at Dinamo Zagreb, who, who City dealt with, um, you know, well, they had, they had, they had a, they, they, by the, they broke them down eventually, but they beat them. You know, there was no great alarms. I don't think. Um, I suppose so. it helps that they've got already two wins under the belt, and they can't afford to drop the drop points. Yeah, and still yeah. But this is a team that finished what third in Serie A last yeah. season, and the third in Serie A this. They've season. had the best ever start in the season. They're they're flying in Italy. 
Yeah, they, they won at Roma not long ago. I, I was looking at the highlights. They played Lazio at the weekend, I think, and uh, they were 3-0 up mm. at Lazio and then got hauled back to 3-3. I mean, I, I'd be a little bit concerned for them because I don't know if you saw it, Ty, but they, they gave away two two penalties, Atalanta, players running directly at them into the box and putting in clumsy challenges. And you kind of think if you start doing that at City... You're going to give away eight penalties because you know that City have got the players who will who will drive at you and, and force you to, into a challenge in the box. But you know this, it's amazing, really, that we're talking about mixing it up a bit. You know, giving players a game against in a Champions League game against the third best team in Italy. You know, you imagine that ten years ago, it just it just wouldn't have happened. But you know, the, the Premier League and and uh, Serie A have sort of moved in different directions since then. So I mean, I think City have got to be they've got to be careful, and that they will take them seriously. But um, you know, they, they've got they've got room to mix things up. They've got they've got players who can come in and and spell. Like we say, Aguero will probably start. Um, Mares will probably start. So you, you're bringing players in, and you're not you're not exactly diluting the quality. You just playing an alternative team. It'd be good to get Stones back. Um, because they're going to need him in the next in the next month or two. Yeah, you said there what you think Aguero will start tomorrow night. But that, based on that, with it, would you then think that it would be Yazoo starting against Villa? I mean, we, we don't really guess Pep's teams, but you'd imagine it'd be one or the other, right? It wouldn't just be with the same striker playing At, Atlanta and Villa. I think he'll play Aguero against Atlanta and keep him in yeah. against Villa, and then Jesus comes back in for the League Cup game against yeah. Southampton. He's a bit hard on Jesus, yeah. you know, but you get lads like that. I mean, he's, he's a young lad. He should just think it's a game. I'll go out and try and score a load of goals. He shouldn't really be thinking about, you know, well, I'm being sort of fobbed off with the League Cup. It's a game's a game. And, you know, City have got a good record in the League Cup lately. So, you know, I'm sure he'll, he'll be thinking that way. But Aguero's still the number one and Jesus knows that. Mm-hmm. He deserves credit for that, doesn't he, Jesus? Because he could really easily... Throw a strop and oh yeah, yeah. I he mean, could, he could start for pretty much a lot of the other teams. I think he would start for probably every other team in Europe as a centre forward. To be honest, he's he's you know he's that good. He's Brazil's number nine. He wears number nine for Brazil, and he's City's basically City's league cup striker. All right, he gets games in the Premier League when when Aguero's rested for Champions League games, but that is fundamentally what he is really. So there is a balance to to keep him happy. He's still young at the moment, but. You know, there, there is a balance to be struck when he's in form like this, that he does need games and you do need to kind of give him that incentive that when Aguero goes, you will be our, our main man. I think on Atalanta, there, there was quite a lot of excitement, I think, of them coming into the Champions League this year. They were the, the hipsters team of choice, I think. <laughs> They've been very entertaining in Serie A and it, it's not really gone for them, not really worked for them in, in Europe. They've lost both their games so far. They're going to be without their best striker, I think, tomorrow night. And because they've lost both their games, they've got to have a go at City, really, which I think's probably going to make for quite an open attacking game. I think kind of a little bit of the, the Napoli games that City played a couple of years ago in, in this. You can see at Atalanta coming to City, passing the ball about really well, making it a good attacking open game. City winning and then you can see you can see classic Guardiola at the end talking about how great a team Atalanta are. I mean, just beating them 5-3 or 5-2 or something <laughs> like that and thanking them for coming in and having a go. But you can see it being a, an open and engaging game tomorrow, definitely. Yeah, that's what we like to see. And I'll let you two both go, actually, because I know you both have to uh, attend a Pep Guardiola press conference, which is at the earlier time today. So, Ty, 
Stu, thank you very much. Um, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do so. We will be back probably this time next Monday after City play the Villa, in the Villa game. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Talking City podcast. <laughs>